Deontay Wilder, uh, 
trying to, you know, impress the Alabama crowd and that type of thing, but um, he ended up getting the knockout against Eric Molina and uh, scored that win uh, to retain his heavyweight championship. Um, And that fight basically, you know, went a few rounds there. He, you know, basically got out, got Eric Molina out in nine rounds. Um, It almost looked like he was kind of nervous out there, but even with that, the uh, performance that he had was, I, I say, was kind of lackluster. I thought that, you know, he would be able to blow out somebody like Eric Molina. As Molina was looking, going out there looking like uh, Chris Ariola out there in the ring. He he didn't look like, you know, much different than Chris Ariola as far as, like, appearance is concerned. So somebody that's supposed to, you know, have the skills of Deontay Wilder is supposed to blow out. And Eric Molina, and I've seen a good amount of flaws, you know, coming in there in the in this fight out of uh, Deontay Wilder, and it's going to be something to see what he's going to be able to do uh, against fighters that are of a better caliber. Um, Seems like he drops his hands a lot. He doesn't move around the ring as much, even though he has, you know, kind of thin legs for a heavyweight. He doesn't move around the ring that much, so if he uh, gets hit with a good counter, that might rock him a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see what he's going to do against the higher caliber fighters, the, you know, the Alexander Proveskin, the Tyson Furies, um, you know, other fighters like that. Uh, they keep saying that he might end up fighting Vladimir Klitschko in the future, but um, the way that he's looking right now, if he fights somebody with, uh, you know, some type of, you know, skill with a good jab, he might not be able to make it to uh, to fight Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, Povetkin is his uh, mandatory at WBC as he is the number one contender in that division. So they're you know, in the works to try to get that fight done, which may happen within, um, you know, four or five months. So you may see it in October or November. And the next in line uh, in uh, the WBC is Anthony Joshua, who was a, you know, young Olympic prospect out of the UK, who's also undefeated and scored a recent win a couple of weeks ago in the undercard of Kel Brooks. IBF welterweight title fight. So we'll be able to see what Deontay Wilder is able to do against those type of fighters. Once again, uh, we are live on the Boxing Source radio show. You can call in live at 347-237-5539. Once again, that's 347-237-5539. They also had... Uh, on the undercard of Wilder's fight against Molina, they had the young prospect there, uh, J-Rock Julian Williams, uh, who is a young prospect out there um, that I basically watched uh, since I saw him down in Vegas uh, over in September. So uh, he also was in that card uh, for Deontay Wilder. 
he was able to get some good work in in his fight that he had in Alabama. And he was able to beat Armand Osepian uh, in a six-round TKO. Uh, he scored a knockdown in the first round of the fight, but you know, basically dominated this fight against Osepian. And there was uh, news out there that you know, he was looking towards another fight uh, in the near future uh, going on. And they said it may happen, you know, around the month of September. Uh, looking here in recent recent articles, I see something here on Boxing Scene that says that it may be a possibility that he may fight Austin No Doubt Trout. You know, with this uh, win over of Sepin, uh that may lead to another fight against uh, Austin Trout. So that may be a possibility. Uh, see if you will be able to see that in the near future. It may be in September or or sometime in the future. So uh, we might be able to get either, you know, Julie Williams or Austin Trout to kind of speak on that a little bit. And uh, see if Williams is a a good uh, prospect as far as uh, being in there against the likes of a veteran like Austin Trout. Because Austin Trout has you know scored a win over Miguel Cotto and uh, had a uh, close kind of a close fight against Melo Alvarez. So he's going to be a record veteran that's out there that Julian Williams will be able to get into the ring with him and see if he's ready to really face the big boys out there. So that, um, basically that real quick just goes over what we had, you know, over the weekend over in the card that we have for Wilder against Molina. And then on the flip side, uh, we also had another uh, boxing match out there over in the New York area where you had Nicholas Walters fighting Miguel Mariaga. Now, Nicholas Walters, the thing with Nicholas Walters was he was a featherweight prospect rated by some as the number one rated uh, featherweight out there, but in the way in before the fight against Mariaga, he ended up being overweight. Uh, and so, with him being overweight, the title was basically not on the line in reference to him. So, if Mariaga won the fight, uh, he would be, he would have been the WBA featherweight champion, but since he lost, uh, it seems like the uh, WBA title is vacant. And going off of Walter's uh, win against Donaire, you would think he'd be able to carry that momentum and defend the featherweight championship against Mariaga, but he ended up just being overweight, and so that that uh, belt might be, you know, still vacant or up in the air. So. We'll see um, what 
what happens here in the near future. There is uh, talks out there that he may want to fight Vasily Lomachenko. Recently, you know, won his fight. Um, and the card that <clears throat> recently won his fight that he had on the card for uh, Mayweather Pacquiao against uh, Gamalier Rodriguez. And while he just has only five fights under his belt, uh, Loma does, he is the WBO featherweight champion. So, you know, it's almost like looking at somebody like a Guillermo Rigondeaux, who only had about 10 or 12 fights when he fought Nonito Donaire, and he was still able to defeat Donaire with, you know, ease, basically, because he had a very extensive amateur career, and this might be the same here with Loma, as he may have had an extensive amateur career, so they kind of, like, put him out there with the guys that had a much longer professional career and then more, you know, get a get a decision or score a decision or was even in a close fight with his only loss that he's had in his career so far. So that would be interesting if that fight is still in the cards in the future um, or not because of Walter's uh, recent thing where he was overweight for this latest fight. Now we have... Uh, Three three six uh, calling in on the line. Uh, what's going on? What's going on with you, Jerry? Uh, doing good here. Doing good. Just going over the, just going over the past weekend, and just went on where Nick Walters was overweight uh, for this featherweight championship fight. And you know that we spoke earlier about that and how uh, these fighters that have the belts are coming in overweight. Yeah, something needs to be done about it. I mean, it's the same. If you look at at the display he put on, and not not to leave with the belt. I mean, it's basically absurd, you know. I mean, I I, I don't understand. Have you grown out of the weight class, or I mean, what, what is it? I mean, because it, it it basically happens too too randomly. I mean, you see it all the time when guys don't make weight. So I don't I don't know what Walter's excuses were, but. I don't see why he he he, he didn't make play because he he fought him. He's a beast, you know. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that you know he's he's been there at featherweight for a while, and it's not like you know he's he didn't come in overweight for his previous fights or anything like that. I mean, he's you know like I said, he had that score they went against Donaire, uh, Victor Chinyan. He beat. Uh, I mean, he, he, he had, like, defended the featherweight championship for, you know, about at least a few years now. So it's not like he's necessarily grown out of it. It doesn't seem like he's grown out of that weight. But for this fight here, it seemed like he was just not focused on making weight. What was he like? When he, what was he like, 1.7 pounds over and... And what they give him two hours to come back, and I think he had um, he took the pound off, but he couldn't take the the, the seven tenths off or whatnot. Yeah, well, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the, maybe uh, he, he, he failed to be waiting on two of them, so he came in at like one twenty-seven. 
Okay. Because I, I know I, I thought I read that he had shed it a, a pound. So he, he was probably, what, almost two pounds over. Right. But then, when, but then when, you know, when you get to that point, maybe he's he's at the point where, you know, he may he may be growing out of it. Because, like you say, he's been in the weight class for for a few years now. So yeah. maybe he's at that point where that last couple pounds is getting to be hard, you know. Because, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he weighed himself uh, Monday and Friday. So I mean, I don't I don't know how 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 they missed it, you know. Right. I mean that that's something where, you know, we would we would have been able to think that he would kind of, you know, get to a point where he would notice that he's getting in there overweight, and um, I guess he wasn't able to do that. But I mean, my thing is, is it's strange that. You know, he's not able to make weight, you know, but you had something the week before where we had a concern if Daniel Gill was going to be able to make weight because we said that he was like 10 pounds over a week before the weigh-in, and then he was still able to make 57. Right, right. But, 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 but then again, you know what? I mean, if you look at Walters, maybe, like I said, maybe he's at the point where, where – he may know he's grown out of the weight class. Okay, he'll move up to the next weight, and he could regain another title without a doubt. But it didn't affect his purse. You know, I didn't see anything where they took any money from his purse. Did you? No, nah, I didn't. I haven't seen any reports on that yet. Okay, so let's say if it, if it, if it don't affect his money, it's just a you know it's just a title because he. He already knew that he's probably gonna leave anyway, you know. And he put on a great performance, so if he's at that point where he's leaving, the fight was basically for the paycheck. Yeah, yeah. And um it was like he said, man, if you if you have the belt and you're not able to make weight, then not only should you basically be stripped to the belt, but you should um, also uh, be fined or something like that because I mean if you're stripped of the belt then my thing is you don't have to pay those sanctioning fees so you basically right. save money you know what I mean it's almost like that's almost like just saying hey I'm giving up the belt so and and, and when you don't make weight it, you don't get punished for it then what's the point unless I mean well in some situations they're fine for every every pound or every half a pound or whatever that they're off, but not all. So that's the reason why you why it occurs so much is like you say, as long as the guys don't have anything in the contract stating that I'm gonna lose X amount of dollars if I don't make weight, they really don't you know, it's just like it's as of no concern because if they ready to move up, they're gonna move up anyway and we all know the next weight class up he'll still be real good, you know. So yeah, him right. getting a title shot or, or not getting another title, I mean, it's it's nothing. I mean, he'll get another title. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it just – but the, the, the paycheck is, is, is very important to him, you know. So 
his money wasn't affected. So they got to make it a way where it's going to affect their money. And I guarantee you, they have a good nutritionist to make sure they make that weight. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really are focused on being the champion in a specific weight class and or trying to prove yourself that you're the best in the weight class, you'll pretty much do anything it takes to, you know, keep in that weight, keep around that weight and still be able to have enough skills to carry carry that weight and your mobility or your power over to beat the other contenders at that weight class. So, and I would have thought that Nicholas Walters would have been one of those guys to do that. But, you know, as a show, uh, he just didn't make weight. And after two attempts, he just, you know, couldn't do it. So, but, I mean, maybe he has uh, grown out of it since, you know, he's at, you know, he was basically at 127 or something like that. Uh, you know, it wasn't like, you know, considerably bigger, like almost like a 130 coming in the weight weight scales of 130 where you're almost at the level of two levels above. You know what I mean? So, yeah, maybe maybe he's, you know, gotten to the point where 125 just ain't cutting it where he's not able to make that weight. Maybe just have to end up moving up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. We'll, we'll probably hear an announcement from him that he can't make the weight anymore. Probably, uh, Soon. Yeah, that's probably going to happen, you know, within the next, uh, you know, week or so. Um, and uh, we'll be able to see that, you know, he'll just go to the next week class, which kind of like knocks down the possibility of a fight against Lomachenko, even though he says he wants to fight him. But if he's just going to be at, you know, 127 and up, and Loma's still there at 125, and I don't see that fight happening anytime soon. Maybe not. I mean, but the money's right, believe me. He'll, he'll make the weight. And that fight right there will bring good money to fight. So, I mean, and it's not like you said, it's not like he he um, missed it by a whole lot, you know, he can find a way for that fight. I guarantee he'll find a way to to, to make sure he's on weight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was the other thing that we, you know, that we had on there. And like I said, I was talking about, you know, J Rock's thing, uh, where he was able to score a TKO victory, um, uh, against Ovsepian. And there's like recent reports of. You know, him probably trying to get a uh, fight in the future against Austin, no doubt, Trout. Um, you know, over there at the 154-pound uh, division. So, um, I don't know if it'll be in that September card, but uh, that would probably that would be a good matchup there uh, between Williams and Trout. And we, we would see if uh, Williams would be good enough to defeat somebody like Trout. Um we had, you know, the um, we had Erislandi Lara able to defeat Trout with his skills. So Julian might be able to look and see how how Lara was able to defeat him and probably try to imply that same game plan. Yeah, without a doubt, that that would 
J-Rock has all the goods. And a win over Trout would would let the world know that he he's ready and it'll put him in a good place for a title shot. He could beat Trout and I think he can. I mean I I mean this kid he has the goods and that will put him right in a hunt for a title shot maybe early part of next year. Yeah, that would yeah, that would really uh put him in there. Uh, as far as like getting that title shot in the 154 pound division, um, which is a pretty extensive division out there. I mean, you still have, like I said, you have Laura, you have K9, you have Canelo, the Charlo brothers, um, you know, Ishe Smith's there. So it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, deep division there on in the top uh, as far as like yeah, the top 10, 15 fighters. It's very deep, and then what's good about this weight class, you got a lot of young lines that's, that's that's coming up. You know, like I say, Canelo's young. You know, he he's a big name, but he's still young. Okay, besides Isay, Trout, and, you know, Laura, they're, they're, they're the older guys, but and, and K-9. K-9 is the oldest of the bunch. But if you look at the Charlo brothers, you got Canelo, you got K9. I mean, this division right here got a bright future. And then not only that, you can see 160 in the future is going to really be good too because these guys will eventually go to middleweight. And I mean, I really like how this weight class is shaping up. And it's just a matter of time for Keith Thurman or somebody like that probably move up to 54. You know, so this class right here could be special for long. Right, right. All right, uh, what we're about to do here is we're about to get into a little commercial session, and then once we get back, uh, we'll have on the line Super Zab Judah with us. So y'all uh, hold on just a minute as we run a commercial here, all right? Football talk like you've never heard it before. Possibly one of the funniest podcasts in sports today. That's right, the CMT Firestorm Football Talk Show every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. We have Callie Mike, Chi-Town, Carcel Mathis, and the mouth of the South, Tony Watley. They give you a different perspective of football that may not be found anywhere else. You may also catch the callers with some classic lines as well. There's a black <laughs> What is it? Uh, I don't know. What is it? Up. I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head. Okay, you're, I, I know you're in front of your computer right now. Look it up. I'm about to look it up right now, all right? <laughs> national blackout level. I never said national blackout level liar. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay, black, okay, black, Florida blackout level. Whatever blackout level you want to look up, look it up. You can't compare a fifth-year quarterback to a 20-year quarterback. How do you compare Cam Newton to Peyton Manning? That's impossible. I don't even think Cam Newton's going to get a contract extension. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst franchise in the National Football League. The worst franchise in the National Football League. The difference between Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton is Jameis Winston has the ability to lead a team to a championship. Once again, people, the CMT Firestone Football Talk Show every Wednesday night on the MRM Broadcast Network. Better than 
Jameis Winston is just stupid. All right, folks, we are back live on the Boxing Source Radio Show here. The uh, number to call in is 347-237-5539. Uh, that was a commercial for one of our sister shows that we have on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Blog Talk Radio and American Broadcasting Network, that CMT Firestorm Football Talk Show. Uh, right now, we're about to get on the line here with the multi-division champion, Straight out of Brooklyn, now residing in Las Vegas, Nevada. Zab Judah, what's going on? Hello. Yeah, Zab, uh, what's going on with you? How you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, what's going on, baby? How you feeling? How you feeling? What's going on with you? Oh, uh, doing real good, Zab. Doing real good. Uh, just uh, seeing here. Uh, we got you on here live, and uh, we basically were speaking uh, the previous week about what was going on with uh, what you were doing so far. And I see that you have this uh, SMG group out there, so I wanted to see if you wanted to talk about that a little bit to start off. Yeah, well, SMG group is a super management group. It's a, a, a boxing management group that I started myself and my partner, Bill Hockeyus, and, um, you know, uh, we're just doing our thing with it right now, you know what I'm saying? We got Harmonito Delatore with it, Chuby Gutierrez with it, and uh, we're just going at it. We're just going big time, you know what I'm saying? Those are the two guys that we're pushing right now, and uh, that's it, you know what I'm saying? Chuby's uh, he's, uh, four, he's 14, you know. Uh, Harmonito's uh, uh, 16, you know, and um, he's out of the Philippines, and Chuby's out of Las Vegas. Yeah, and we had uh, Chewy on the uh, show live uh, last weekend. Uh, we were able to get a few things out of him and uh, what he was doing at his recent uh, fight that he had over there in Vegas. And we're just going to be on the lookout for him. So we'll be able to see what those two fighters are able to do in the near future. Um, so, but uh, real quick, also with that, I also wanted to see if we could go over, you know, what you did over the course of your career. I mean, I've been basically following you since uh, the 2000s, actually since 2000, uh, when I saw you against Rob Millette, uh for the IBF uh, Super Lightweight Championship. So uh, you wanted to go over a few highlights over there in your career? Yeah, but you know what? Before we get into that, Chuy Gutierrez is a force to be reckoned with, guys. I want you guys to just play, pay close attention to him. You know what I'm saying? He's a Mexican-American fighter, you know, a boxer. He, 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 he just fought on CBS. He just caught him. He fought on the draw. You know what I'm saying? He's looking to uh, – we're looking to have a rematch with that fight coming up again uh, some, sometime in September. You know what I'm saying? And Harmonito de la Torres, he's a Filipino fighter out of the, out of the, out of the Philippines. He's fought on two of Manny Pacquiao's uh, undercards. He's caught knockouts both times. I mean, he's on a he just, he just fought last month with another, with another not, a fourth round knockout. So you know, he's another force to be reckoned with. Now, yeah, now as you were saying about uh, that, yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, your career highlights. Cause like I was saying, uh, I've been following you since 2000 when you basically uh, it was like. Not that far off when you won the super lightweight championship and uh, you scored that knockout against Teron Millet in 2000. So yeah. just wanted to go over, you know, a few highlights of, you know, winning the super lightweight championship and also the, basically the undisputed welterweight championship against Corey Speed. Um, You know, just those are moments, those are highlights, those are 
those was uh you know fights you know what I mean that happened at the time those were the people that they put in front of me and um you know just I was very focused I was very uh, determined I was very hungry and um, I went in there and did what Zab Super Judah does you know what I'm saying Jerome Millet was a very tough strong individual you know what I'm saying I mean he was a fighter that was uh not to be underestimated, you know what I'm saying? I mean, people, he had down on my power, you know. Actually, he dropped me, I think, in the uh, first round. He hit me with a, I was going, I was reaching in. You know, my dad always kept telling me, don't reach in, don't reach in, don't reach in. And I reached in for an uppercut, and boom, he hit me with a hook and dropped me. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, I, I got up to win the, um, uh, a TKO victory over him. And, um, you know, that was, a, that was a great night of fighting. Yeah, uh, but you also uh, got some praises from, um, I think it was Irish Mickey Ward that said that was like his toughest fight that he had over his career was against you because he had to deal with all your speed and, you know, your movements too because you were like one of the fastest fighters out there in the ring. I, and, it, you know, in my opinion, probably the fight, fastest fighter that was out there for a good amount of time. I mean, Mickey Ward, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I mean, I'm very honored to hear him say that because – you know, I have the same remark about him myself. He was probably and is one of the toughest and, 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 and competitive fights that I was in, you know what I'm saying, throughout my career. You know what I'm saying? He was one of the tougher guys that, you know what I mean, made me, he really made me work at a young age. You know, I was I, I was young. I came in, I had a lot of hand speed, a lot of good power. And, you know, Mickey Ward was one of the first opponents to make me really, you know, work. And, um, you know, I have all the respect in the world for him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, he is one of the toughest uh, toughest fights I've ever been, been in my life. Yeah, true that, true that. Um, before I get into any more questions here, I'm going to uh, have uh, somebody else here on the line with me. 813482, uh, who's that uh, and where are you calling from? Nikari Jones from Tampa, Florida. How okay, doing, hey, Nikari, how you doing? I'm doing well. How's everybody? We're doing great. We're doing great. Good. Yeah, just uh, you know, here live with Zab Judah here, and uh, you know, I, you know, basically talked about your your movement that uh, your dad is uh, putting up for the fundraiser through GoFundMe as far as uh, your check to try to get to the Olympics. Uh, what's the updates on that so far? Hey, this is Gary. Hey, Zab, how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, Gary? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. We still have it up. Um, the goal is not met yet, but you know, we're staying positive and uh, looking. You know, she's still in the gym. She's training. Uh, um, she's still with Kelly in Brooklyn, but right now she's in Tampa. She's with uh, doing some work with Tony Morgan. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, just uh, going through. Oh, what you're saying there? We're still trucking it, man. We're still staying busy. She's still on task. Um, the National Golden Gloves is two weeks away, and that's the reason she's in Tampa. And after the Golden Gloves, she's going back up to Jimmy Boxing to uh, finish getting ready for the, the qualifiers. Nice. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Hey, uh, Zab, well, good luck to her. Good luck to her. Good luck to her. I wish her the best. Thank you very much. No problem, Sham. Keep going hard. Yeah, uh, Zab, uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to see if we can uh, open up the line here for uh, questions. Hey, Greg, you still on? Yeah, I'm still on. All right, uh, do you have a question for Super Zab? 
Yeah, Zab, I, um, I first read about you in Ring Magazine when you was with um, uh, Ain't Event and Blue Duva. And I, I, yeah. I remember Duva saying that um, that when you and Whitaker was far, he couldn't tell you guys apart in the ring. And the moment that that was said, you know, I put a magnifying glass on you because I knew you was going to be special. Alright, now what was it like at, at that age? Because you were a young kid, sparring with Whitaker, and what all did you learn from Sweet Pea? Because to me, he was one of the best that I ever saw. You know, and I'm pretty sure you still take some of those things with you to this day, even though you're a seasoned vet. First of all, hands down, Pernell Whitaker is one of the best defensive pound-for-pound fighters in the world. You know what I mean? I mean, when I was in there with Pernell Whitaker, I was 15 years old. The first, the first time that dude brought me to training camp, you know, I was coming out of Brooklyn. I was a young kid, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we, we, were still in, we were still in a poverty environment, and um, he came to me after I won the Golden Gloves, and he said, uh, would you want to go to the uh, – would you want to come to training camp and spar with Pernell Whitaker? And I'm like – Yo, dude, what is this, a joke? Like, stop it. You know what I'm saying? He like, for real, you can come to camp. We're going to bring you to Virginia, and you're going to spar and train with Pernell Whitaker. And I'm like, okay, okay, this, this is cool. So, you know, I thought it was a dream. They sent me they sent me a plane ticket. Actually, this was like my first time, I think, I, I want to say ever on an airplane. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I'm going from New York to Virginia Beach by myself. On a on the airplane, you know, you know, you know, I come from a big family background, nine brothers, four sisters, my father, my mother, you know what I mean? So, um I was like I'm going to training camp with Pro with Pernell Whitaker. And you know, my dad approved it and everything like that. And, you know, once I got there I was very blown away because I had my own hotel room. This is the first time. I mean, I shared the room with my brother growing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, Oh, this is kinda cool and then you know what I'm saying, so I I think for the first if I remember clearly, for the first five days, I didn't even see Pernell. I kept, I was in the gym night and day, hanging around Ronnie Shields, and I kept asking Ronnie, you know, where's Pernell? Where's Pernell? And, and it was like, you know, he's gonna come. He's he's gonna come. He's gonna come. He's doing conditioning. So I would run from the conditioning gym, run to the boxing gym, run back, run back and forth, back and forth. Then they said he was running on the beach. I would run to the beach and just sit there and wait and wait and wait. And then finally one day he. he 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 had came to the boxing gym, and I seen him, and I was like, "Wow, this is Pernell Whitaker." And you know, and you know what they say? Come on, let's go. You up? I said, "I'm up." What? They said, "You let's go. Put your stuff on. You get in the ring with Pernell." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh no, dude, you cannot be serious. This, this is a dream." You know what I mean? So, but no lie to you guys. I mean, I was very nervous. I was very, I was very timid. I was very everything. But when but when we got in the ring. First thing he did was he came out with his jab. I remember, I remember this clearly. He came out with his he came out with his jab and he started jabbing and he hit me with a hard left hand. Boom! And I was just like, oh, he trying to hurt me. I was like, okay. And I don't know. I just snapped right out and I just started fighting. All I remember is when it was all over, everybody was like, yo, who yo kid? You are nice. You are nice. You are nice. You know. And you know, I just I just went into my whole defensive. Brooklyn mode. I was like, hold up, he trying to hurt me. I I got to defend myself. You know what I mean? And I guess whatever I, whatever I did from that day on, you know, it it is you know it caused the Dubas to sign me and it caused my career to be at where it's at today. Yeah, I, yeah, like I, said, I, I Yeah, go ahead, Greg. 
Yeah, I remember Lou Duva. He was praising you, and you was just a young pup. So, like I said, if you was in there and you were banging with um with T, you had to be special. But I pretty much I pretty much watched you grow. I remember being in Miami when you was a young young wrestler kid. You know, you know you was you were a little wilder then, but now I see you in Vegas, and you you humbled yourself and you real laid back. And as a fan, I appreciate that. You know. I mean, I, I watched your career from the time you started until now, and I, I still wish you the best. So what's in the future for, for Zab Super Judah? Um, right now, we just we just working. We're still working right now. Um, You know, uh, I guess after the Mayweather camp, we got ourselves in such great uh, condition and just great timing, and everything was back on point. We just decided, you know, let's keep running with the show. And um, right now I'm just I'm back at it, sparring, training every day. You know, if you can follow me on Instagram at Zab Judah, you know, follow me on Twitter at Super Judah, and um, you'll see that you know I'm always I'm constantly training, constantly putting in work. And um, we're looking at a show right now sometime in July. You know, Zab Judah back at it. I think we're gonna publicize on our CBS CBS Sports Network. And um, after that, you know, you guys will see me back on the Showtime HBO dates. Hey, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, right now we have nine one six four five nine on the line. Uh, state your name, where are you calling from? Hey, what's going on? It's Mike. I'm calling from uh, California out here. Mike, Mike, what's up, baby? How are you? How's it going, man? Doing great, doing great. I had a question, man. I'm in boxing. I guess I don't know. Maybe I, I just came on. I don't know if you answered this earlier in the show, but you know, boxing. I know you. You know. I don't know if you played any other sports. It just seems like boxing is so different just because it's just you, you know what I mean? Besides, I mean, besides you even, you know, the war, you even got to fight in the ring. I mean, how do you deal with all the, you know, just all the pressure of just, you know, basically having the world just looking at you? And, it's, I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's not like football. You know, you don't got a team. or It's just basically it's just you versus another man one-on-one. I mean, how do, I mean, how do, you, how do you even deal with all that even before you even get in the ring? Well, you know what? I got a famous philosophy because I got a lot of uh, basketball friends. I got a lot of uh, NFL friends. I got I got soccer friends. I got all kind of friends, hockey friends. And I always tell them, I said, you know, boxing is the only sport you don't play. You play basketball. You play soccer. You play baseball. You play tennis. You play everything else. You do not play boxing. This is a sport where you have to physically and mentally be ready for anything that comes at you. You know what I'm saying? Any day could be your last day. Any night could be your worst night. You know what I mean? So you have to prepare yourself to the best of your ability mentally and physically. You know what I'm saying? And then just dealing with the pressure of outside is just something that, I don't know, it's something for myself, I can't speak for nobody else. For my for myself, it took learning experience. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't always the guy that I am today, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was it was a while, it was time ago that I was the product of my environment, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, you know, and what I mean by that is I was Brooklyn, you know, coming out of Brooklyn, New York, that's what I represented, that's what I act like, talk like, walk like, and I represented to the fullest, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, because of that, I got in some troubles and I got in, you know what I'm saying, minor setbacks. My mind wasn't always 100% focused when it should have been. You know what I'm saying? When I was going in certain fights and certain big endeavors, you know what I mean? But now, like I say, you know, I'm a little more focused. I'm a little more, you know, humble, and I understand the game. And, you know, I, you know, it's, it's just I just thank God that I'm still here and I'm still able to move on and still be successful 19 years later. 
Wow. Do you think that like maybe? I mean, is is, is boxing? You think boxing is still is still well? Obviously, it is. You know, in some in some you know for some fighters, but I mean, in general, do you think boxing is is ever going to reach like its golden age? Like you know, like back in the eighties, you know it. You know when they had Sugar Ray and Hagler and all the yeah. You ever think that it kind of time is going to come back? You know. Wow, I think that time is right now. I think the time is now. I mean, if you look at the sport right now, it's very entertaining. Look at the look at the fight that just happened with Mayweather and Pacquiao. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look at the draw. Look at the situation, the magnitude, the you know, saying the the fight, the financial layout that was put in front of these fighters. Look at the financial layout that was put in Las Vegas. Look at the all the money the city of Las of Las Vegas made just on one fight. I mean, it was they said it was something like. 500,000 people came into Las Vegas for the fight when the arena only holds a little bit under 20,000 seats. So where did all these people go? So this is the excitement that the sport is still drawing. And these are just two competitors, two combatants right now that's pulling in those type of things. Just think about everybody else that's on the way up. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of young, excited fighters. You know, you got Earl Spence. You know what I'm saying? You got you got my 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 godson going to make his pro debut. You guys keep your eyes and ears on this kid, Devin Haney. Young Devin Haney. He is the force to reckon with. I promise y'all, y'all going to be hearing his name for a long time. You know what I'm saying? That's my godson right there. And watch, he's going to be no joke. He's uh Actually, he's uh 16 years old. He's turning professional. Uh, uh, June 26th in Tijuana, Mexico, and um, the kid is the kid is no joke. That this is how great and this how much confidence we have in this kid at 16 years old. He's making his professional debut. Wow. So yeah, right, the sport just, uh, the sport is the sport is still up. The sport is still up. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks a lot, Jack. Yeah, Good luck in the future, bro. Hey, Zab, I got a question and a comment. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Gary. All right. So, well, uh, first thing, you think you and Shop will ever fight? That's the Me question. and who? Shop. Chop what? Chop, Chop Corley. You think you guys will ever, ever do a, a fight? We just fought. I mean, well, we fought. Remember, I'm the one that took his world title when he was champion of the world. Yeah, I, I remember that. Champion. I remember that clearly. But, you know, sometimes... Yeah, but, you, some... but how can you say that Chop Chop has, is in a situation where he has 26 losses? He just lost his last fight. He was stopped in the sixth round. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there is no commission and no situation that will ever sanction a fight between Azab Judah and Demarcus Cozy. That would never happen right now, guys. So, I mean, and then for number one, number two, when we fought the first time, it was for the championship of the world, and we made millions right. of dollars. I mean, you know, at this point in time of the game right now, what is the – what is the – Why? All right, no, just a, just a, a thought I had. And the second thing, uh, Victor Roundtree got arrested. So we chased you down um, in 2013 in Brooklyn. My daughter was really trying to meet you because she she was training with Victor before you passed. And you uh-huh. had just um, you and your you and your brothers had just went somewhere, and Vic was like, "He's here, he's in town." And bro, we was behind you like 15 minutes. 15 minutes of August 2013. Like you stopped at 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 at, at uh, uh in Harlem to get something to eat. We were right behind you. You had just left. I mean, we was chasing you all over town trying to find you, man. Oh man, I'm sorry, sorry for that, man. He passed now, but you know she's she has a lot of your style. Uh, James knows her really well. She has a lot of your style. She picked up a lot of your stuff. And what's she her is, name? Uh, what's her name? Nafari Jones. 
Huh? Nakari Jones. Nakari Jones. Big shout out to Nakari Jones. Keep it up. Keep working yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. She's strong, man. She's strong, kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna inbox you on on Facebook. I'm a friend of yours on Facebook. I'm gonna send you some. She, she's real. She she likes your style and she's uh. She's, yeah. Kelly is yeah. Kelly, do a good job with. Her. I know you know Kelly. He's doing a real good job with her, keeping her strong. Zach, uh, Zachary Ochoa is doing real good work with her too. Trying to get a, you know, she's twenty and she's 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 moving up. She's moving up real well. So she's out of New York. Well, she's out of Tampa, but trains in New York. She trains okay, with, with uh, Kelly Richardson. She trains with who? You breaking up? I didn't get it. Kelly Richardson, Jimmy Boxing. Oh, Kelly Richardson. Okay, okay, okay. That's what's She's up. Well, big shout to her, man. Big, big shout out to her. I wish her the best, man. I, you know, like I, like I tell all the kids, I see you at the top. We're coming. We're coming. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's have a good night. God bless. You know, all all wishes and you know the creator of all things is is the best thing right now. You know, you can't go wrong. Have a good night. That's right. That's right. Peace all right, brother Gary. All right, uh, Zeb. We probably got like one more person on the line. I'm gonna see if I could uh, give to have a question, and uh, we'll let you go after that one. All right. We can take a couple more calls. It's all right. It's all right, man. I love the people, man. The people, the people makes you who you are today. No joke. Yeah. No. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, I think we got eight one three seven eight four on the line. How's it going, fellas? Hey, how are you? Good. Good. Yeah, this show tonight, is, man. Uh, yeah, this is uh Matt. He's the he's the host for the Cohort Two Thousand Sports that we have on this network called uh Tuesdays at eight thirty PM. Okay. What's up, Matt? How are you? I'm doing good. Just trying to you know, support the other shows on our network. James does a great job. Uh, he's he's also our our boxing editor for the website and one of our lead boxing analysts too. So I know he probably doesn't talk himself up enough, although he he should, in my opinion. I'm a Pisces man. James. I don't do that. Come on, man. James, <laughs> listen, listen. No, man. Number. Number one, I got some questions for James off air because James is a Bell. My whole family last name is Bell. So you know what I'm saying? We the Bells from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So you know we're gonna talk about that later on. But number but number right. two, James is a Bell too because James tracked me down himself. We didn't go to no third party people of, of, of making this interview right happen. James tracked me down himself. Was like Zap, what's up? Hit me on Instagram, on Twitter, and I was like, yo, I need to highlight you. <laughs> and we made it happen. So you gotta understand, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a he's a, a very hard a very hard working guy. No joke to that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Awesome. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I it was a, a, a friend and, and a team. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just you know my questions are are pretty pretty general questions. I like I like to hear what you think about the future of boxing in the U.S. because that's the big thing that I've been. I said for the last three years, I've looked at the ratings, I've looked at the fan uh, like viewerships and stuff like that, and I've seen over the last three years. Uh, this is even pre talking about uh, Mayweather Pacquiao potentially coming back together over that we've heard over the last year and a half. Uh, I've seen a surge coming back into boxing. So is is this something that you see 
being having a bit more intimate relationship with the sport, do you see uh, an increase in, in, in where when you go places, do you see more fandom in boxing? Do you see boxing coming back to where it was in the mid to late 90s or where it was in the 70s or uh, before that? Yes, yes, yes. You know, I kind of spoke about this a few minutes ago. The other guy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, boxing is always has his up and downs in life, you know what I'm saying? From the 80s and midway through the 90s, it kind of, like, slowed down a little bit, then it came back, then it slowed down, then it came back. But boxing is always one of those sports where people are going to love because it's a hand-to-hand combat. It shows the real skill of an athlete, you know what I'm saying, of two combatants, you know what I'm saying? Not to say anything bad about, you know, any other um, any other uh, competitive uh, combat sport that's out there, you know what I'm saying? Not to say anything bad about it, but I mean, let's, let's honestly say, I mean, we are a skillful sport, you know what I'm saying, where it takes a lot of skills and, 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 uh, and uh, mind mind thinking to do what we do, you know what I'm saying? It's just not about let me get my hands around you and, and, and use my strength to finish you, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's just not about that. It's about how do I make this man drop his hand without me touching his hand? You know what I'm saying? How do I make this man die down? How do I take his energy? How do I zap his energy from him? How do I mentally over overload his brain structure to make him just 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 mentally get tired and physically get tired? You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a lot of thought pattern that's being put into boxing. This is why the sport will never die down. You know, it's funny when you say that. I remember it brings me back to an interview I did with. Uh, the Olympic gold medalist, uh, Greco-Roman wrestler, uh, Rulon Gardner, he, he uh-huh. echoed almost the same sentiments as you did and even kind of commenting a little bit on other combat sports. But I think that's one of the unique things between wrestling in and of itself and the Olympic sport of it and boxing, uh, another Olympic sport. It's I, I think they're the two most intimate sports you can get involved in, I think people can actually relate with that more than anything because it's mano a mano, man on man versus man, woman versus woman, and you really do, over the course of a match, get to see what this person is made of, how they're going to react to uh, stress that you put on them, how how you're going to react to what kind of pressure they put on you, and it's it's that's the art of the sport of uh, of the two sports, and that's that's the things that attract me the most to boxing and, and to watching uh, actual like Olympic style wrestling. So I, you know, it's uh, it's really refreshing to hear that. You know, and I think some of the kids nowadays they don't uh, they don't understand the nuances or don't care to understand some of the nuances too. So what what are you kind of thinking about that now? What what are you doing right now, Zab? What 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 do you see um, moving forward that we can do to help this youth to bring you know instead of them instead of them, that boxer being a defensive end going to Alabama, how do we get that kid to come box? How how do we get the you know the guy instead of you know wanting to go to the NBA or be one and done in college basketball to be boxing? I mean what? What do you think that we need to do more to get those athletes back into boxing and not necessarily going into the other sports? See, you know what? That 
that's a thing where, you know, you might not like what I'm going to say, but I don't think that you can build a champion. I think a champions are born. Champion, champions are made. They're, they're, they're made from birth. You know what I'm saying? Basketball, you know, no, no disrespect to it, but it's a sport you can teach. Football is a sport you can teach. Tennis is something you can teach. Boxing is very hard to teach because if you're not born with heart, I can't give you heart. If you're not born to take a yeah. punch, I can't make you learn how to take a punch. If you're not born with speed, it's very hard to develop the kind of speed you need to stay on focus, to be able to, you know what I'm saying, battle mano to mano with another human being and go toe-to-toe with them. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just to me, I don't think that, you know what I'm saying, if a person don't have the heart and the desire to box, then you got to leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? I tell a lot of because, you know, I got a lot of father figures. That's my friends. And they're like, yo, I want my son to box. I want my son to box. And I'm like, well, do he like boxing? They're like, nah, nah, nah. But, you know, I'm going to buy him these gloves and this bag, and I'm going to keep him in the gym. I'm like, that's not going to oh, do man. it. That's oh, not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you're going to, number one, you're going to scare your kid off. You know what I'm saying? The kid going to be, like, terrified. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every kid going to do it to dad. Tell them to do, you know what I'm saying, to a certain extent. And then once they're able to uh, to uh, make their own decisions, they out of that, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I I got a lot of friends that, that started out with me in the amateurs, and they all started out boxing and doing this because their parents pushed them into it. And as soon as they was able to make a decision for themselves to move out, brother, they never picked up a boxing glove ever again in life. There's some Judas, no joke. My, there's some blood Judas that started out boxing. Remember, it's nine of us, and we all, my, my father put us all in the sport of boxing. But there's some Judas that didn't even excel to a professional career. You know, they're like, oh, no, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. You know, just because my family did that, that, that's not for me. You know what I mean? So you got you to gotta, you gotta respect that and respect a person's decision because, like I said, it's a very tough individual sport. That you gotta have, you gotta have the heart and integrity to get in there and want to do this. So it's not, it's not something you can just say, yo, let me show you how to do the crossover. Let me show you how to cross them up, cross them up, step here, pass to him. No, it's not that. See, it's not a team sport. Once you get tired, there is no timeouts. It's sub. I mean, coach, sub me in, sub my opponent. No, you can't. If you get tired in the ring during a fight. The best thing I can tell you is start looking for a soft spot to lay down at. That's it. That's the only thing you can do. Find a soft spot and lay down so you don't take too much abuse. That's it. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing a lot of people don't realize, man, is that, you know, boxing is is an individual sport. It's nothing where, you know, you have your teammate that can sub for you or nothing like that. Um, I mean, uh, I I was in uh, high school in Tallahassee, and in my high school, uh, we had uh, one of our deans was um, Johnson, who who fought Cassius Clay way back in the day. We also had two uh, prospects come out of there, uh, Tavoris Cloud, and um, uh, we had like another heavyweight prospect out there, Travis Walker, who won a heavyweight championship. So, I mean, and Travis Walker played football in uh, high school too, but boxing was like a whole it was a whole different animal for him. So we had a few guys that you know, went into the whole little boxing thing, and, you know, some of them didn't even make it. Yep, 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 now, yep. I know what you mean, 100%. Would, would you say probably three most important things that make you successful in boxing or even in life would be, I call it the paw, passion, attitude, work ethic? Passion, attitude, yeah, number one, 100%. 
What you put in this game is what you get out. You don't put no work in this game, you ain't get no work out of it. I have one last question. It's kind of a, a selfish question because I'm from Nebraska. So I got to hear your take on, on Terrence Crawford, my guy from Omaha. I like Terrence Crawford. You know, um, he's a good he's a good friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? He's pretty cool. I like the way he's, his, um, you know, left-handed boxing skill style is. You know what I'm saying? He, he reminds me of myself. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's he's a good dynamite uh, boxer. I mean, maybe I was a little bit more aggressive than he was, but you know, as far as skill level and 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 just clean, clean blowout boxing, he's a great individual. And I think that the future is going to see a the future is going to see a lot of Terrence Crawford in boxing. Who would you match him next with? Because I didn't think because I interviewed Thomas Delorme here in Puerto Rico, and uh-huh. I I don't know I saw a little bit of his training. I didn't think. Thomas was really, uh, really up to Terrence's level. But who would you match Terrence with next? Um, you know what? If, you know, <clears throat> um, if I don't get the Pacquiao fight, I'll let him see Terrence Carson beat up on him. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think that that could uh, happen. That could, that that could happen. That's a possibility right there, man. Um, I mean, that that would be an interesting. I mean, fight. they're with you the, know, the you, they're, man, you know. Yeah, they're with the same uh, promoter, so you know what I mean. I mean, uh, I think you know, and that's why the only one that wins is Bob Brown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> yes, not gonna lose. So you know what I mean? Hey, I think I think why not? It is like a great matchup. You know, the funny thing is, I watch uh, uh, watch a lot of boxing. I mean, I've covered pretty much every major event here in the last year in Puerto Rico since I've been here, including the World Series of Boxing, which a lot of cats don't even mess around with amateur boxing or Olympic boxing. But I've noticed with rings that are sponsored by the Beer Tecate, yeah. there's usually not more knockouts in those rings for whatever reason. Like the the Felix Rodejo fight that was here, that was the last one here. It was in uh, it was here in Wainalo, like five minutes from my house. Nine nine of the ten bouts ended in knockout. Only one went to decision. You watch like you'll look at it now. Go watch like greatest knockouts like on YouTube, and you notice oh, it's a Kate ring, it's a Kate ring. I don't know if there's yeah. anything to oh. it, but I mean I maybe it's a Kate ring. Maybe the Takate brand just has an eye for certain fights that they would like to sponsor. Maybe they know what kind of fights are going to be the exciting fights, and those are the only kind of fights that they sponsor. You know what I mean? So I guess you could say that. Yeah, that's they don't, they don't sponsor. Right they don't sponsor all the fights. You know what I'm saying? They sponsor a no. select few fights. I think, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty much Lee Daniels that does all the Takate stuff. Yeah, I know Lee. From what I, I know. know Lee for a long time. Yeah, I know Lee he's a good guy. Lee's a great guy. From what I know. Yeah, Lee's a great guy. You know, it's funny out of out of all the you know from from the NFL to uh, like minor league sports to boxing and all these events and stuff I've covered and went to and stuff like that, I think he's one of the people that's been the most responsive and helpful out of anybody I've I've really. Been involved with him in, in 
professional sports. It's really a amazing fight. Because here in Puerto Rico, they don't have an office here, but they have people here that, you know, they called me up and they walked me through everything. And, you know, it, it changes when you go international with boxing with some of the, the press side of it. Uh, it's not if I'm not if, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Tecate a Mexican brand? Uh, yeah, it's Mexican. A big? Yeah. Right, so of course they wouldn't be in Puerto Rico. Aren't those guys kind of rivals a little bit? Yeah, that's that's where you see a lot yeah. of the, the fights. <laughs> yeah, it uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, so of course they wouldn't be stationed in Puerto Rico, but would they have a fight with each other? Oh, yes, they will. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, because Top Rank has a lot of guys signed from here, from here in Mexico. Okay, that's where you see a lot of the the fights. Just this last weekend, the last uh, the two ones on HBO, they were Tecate, sponsored by they were by uh, Top Rank, all all yeah. for the the co-main events. Were, yeah, uh, I think uh, Tecate is uh, you know really re- yeah really working with Top Rank as far as like putting events on and helping with the promotion and marketing, um, you know in Puerto Rico and Mexico and stuff in the United States out there, so they're... they're what, when's the last uh, time you were down here? Who, me? Zab, when's the last time you were yeah, When's the last time you were in Puerto Rico? In Puerto Rico? I wasn't... Uh, yeah. Let's see. I've been, I was in Puerto Rico maybe about five years ago. I uh, love when I come to boxing Puerto Rico, or getting man. a tan? No, no, no. Just chilling. Always chilling. I have a lot of friends out there in Puerto Rico. Because, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, so, you know, I got a lot of Puerto Rican friends. My <laughs> wife is Puerto Rican. Yeah, my my my, my wife is Puerto Rican. Um, their family is from Ponce. From Ponce, yeah. So, Ponce, yeah. You know, South yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, and I and I, I got tons of friends out there. Tito Trinidad is one of my good friends, you know what I'm saying? Uh, every time I come out to Puerto Rico... I don't know how he knows, but he knows I'm there, and he, and he sends guys out to go, go get Zab Judah, bring him, bring him to me. You know, he lives up in the hills, and, you know, he, he's a he's a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How, how's his English coming along? I know from the uh, last couple times I heard his English was kind of rough, but you don't always need the language to to talk. You know what I mean? You know what? Tito's one of those guys that's <laughs> – I don't know – I don't know, I don't know what, but he made millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's just that we could tell he never spent that one dollar on getting an English tutor. <laughs> I always tell him, I said, Tito, you made too much money not to learn how to. You made too much um, American money not to know how to speak the English language. He said, Oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my guy. Though. That's my guy right there. <laughs> A good friend of mine here, he he uh he contributed uh he was helping when we were covering the World Series of Boxing. He wrote a uh a couple of articles. He uh he was a trainer for one of one of Tito's boxing camps down here about four years ago. And he, he told me he very pretty much vouched the same thing. So <laughs> Rosetta Stone was not on his uh his Christmas list. So. Exactly, exactly. Or, or, or if somebody, if somebody bought it for him, he pushed it back under the Christmas tree. So I don't want that. <laughs> I'm good. I speak. He, he speaks Puerto Rican too. It's not even like regular Spanish. It's Puerto Rican, and that's a completely different kind of Spanish. I learned that 
at a more intimate level when I came here because they have completely different words and phrases from from other other Spanish. So I had to adjust yeah, the Spanish I knew to Puerto Rican. So. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah. The other day yeah, I was getting a, directions. He's a good dude, man. There's there's a I was getting directions and the dude said, All right, you gotta go down Rusbel Rusbel. R U S D L E L Rusbel. Right? I'm not an English teacher, evidently. Uh, Roosevelt, and I'm like Roosevelt, and he pointed at Roosevelt. I was like, oh, that's, Roosevelt. that's Roosevelt. So Roosevelt is Roosevelt in Puerto Rican. All right, cool, cool. I, right. I learned that. I learned that new today. So, learning the language. Puerto Rico is, yeah, Puerto Rico is like on a whole whole different league there as far as you know the people there and the culture and all of that, and hopefully I'll get to, you know, get to visit that pretty soon out there. And yeah, I guess that, but maybe you'll be able to have a return trip there in the near future, right? Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I've, I've like I said, the family is from Puerto Rico, and, um, you know, like, I don't know, we might go this summer. I don't know, man. It just depends on what we're doing, you know what I mean? Just, you know, right now we're trying to put uh, Team Judah back on the map. And just get in there with some with some more good fights and show the world I am still one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world, and just keep it and just keep it rolling. That's it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. Uh, so I mean, we could like you know close out here with the interview, whatever it is. So just wanted to make sure that you run through you know all the things that you're doing here real quick and make sure that people are following you on Twitter at Super Judah and then at Instagram at Zab Judah. So make sure you. You know, follow them out there and all that stuff. So, you got any uh, last uh, things to say? Yeah, yeah. Look out for the company, uh, SMG, uh, Super Management Group. Um, like I said, we manage sports. You know what I'm saying? I'm into sports, and I love sports, and um, I'm into all kinds of sports. You know, I have a lot of relationships throughout the world, so it is what it is. And, um, you know, just, you know, keep your eye on uh, Chewy Gutierrez. Keep your eye on Harmonito De La Torres. And um, just you know, just watch, watch out for those guys because they coming. We coming, baby. We still here. SMG. True that, my man. True that. Thanks a lot for coming in on the show, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. Hey, God bless yeah. everybody. Yeah. Fight Danny Garcia. Hey, I want to see you fight Danny Garcia again. That was the that's the zap that I know. Get Danny's ass in the ring and punish him. Listen. Listen, we can do some business ourselves. You could go in there and convince Danny Garcia and his dad to take a rematch with Zab Judah. We on, baby, because I'm ready. I'm ready like right now. I'm ready like right now. Yeah, I already know. Hey, Zab, I'm gonna tell you, that's the Zab that I know. You sold that dog that night. Oh yeah. And hey, bro, I was proud of y'all. Look, I said if it had been two more rounds, I think you'd you'd have had him. Hey, I want Danny again. I want Danny again at the bar clay, and I'll be there. I'm in North Carolina. I will be up there. Do everything you can to get Danny in the ring. Everybody always hit me campaigning for that fight. I always talk about that fight. You know what I mean? It just seemed like 
you know, I, I mean, you know what, you know, since the fight, me and Danny and his dad, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we, we made good friends and stuff like that. But like I said, this is a business to the sport, and the business in the sport stands for the world wants to see a Zab Judah versus Danny Garcia part two back at the Barclays, and this time we're gonna start from the twelfth, I mean, from the from the round round thirteen. All right, let's go to work. And then you know what, man? It was so much. It, it was so much build up with the turmoil to to you and uh, uh, getting into it with Oscar. It was a lot yeah. of things that went on with that. You know, I mean, it was it was really interesting to see how everything came out. But the fight, it was all it it it, it, it assimilated all the hype that came with it. I mean, I love that fight. I mean, that, that that's the zab I want to see come back. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if you can keep campaigning and keep letting the world know, maybe somebody might say, let's do it. You know, we got, you know, Al Hame is the boss right there. You know, Danny got to ask Al, and, you know, once he asks Al, Al Kays, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. SJP Super Chill Promotions is ready at all times. Let's do it. Maybe we'll, yeah, no we'll doubt, keep no campaigning. Doubt, yeah, we'll keep campaigning because, yeah. you know, Al. I'll get on them on Twitter because I already called hey, them out for hey, some hey, earlier, so I'll get on them for hey. it. Hey, Zab, I got one more question. I'm going to let you go. Okay. Yeah. Man, I, I now, I read all the stuff with you and Paulie, right? Man, uh-huh. it was like, it was like you know, I know you met, you was a champion when Paulie was a kid coming in the gym, right? Yeah. And it was like the big brother didn't want to hurt the little brother. You know, it was no motivation. It was no motivation, man. I mean, like I said, I apologize to my fans about that fight. But, uh, you know, moving forward, you're going to see the uh, next time I step in the ring in July, you guys will see the real Zap Super Judah step in the ring again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, Paulie got the win, guys. Let's give him the win. Let's, let's don't take away from Hayshine. And, you know what I'm saying? But um, we know, we know, Team Judah, y'all, we know what we can do. <laughs> Everybody that knows that, y'all, y'all know. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, look, I, I wish you the best, man. Thank you. All right, my brother. Till later. Okay. Thank you for having me on the show again. Like I said, thank you for everybody that tuned in today, and God bless everybody. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Zab Judah. Follow me on Twitter at Super Judah. Look out for the company SMG Super Management Group. You know what I'm saying? We still at it. Keep your eyes and ears open for July. I'm back at it. CBS Sports. And uh, I love everybody. Thank you. Peace out. All right. All right there, folks. That was uh, your boy, Super Zab Judah, uh, over there in Las Vegas area. Just make sure each other are on the lookout for, you know, the management group that he's running under. And you follow him on Twitter under Super Judah and on Instagram at Zab Judah. So you'll be able to get the latest out of him uh, by following him on Instagram and Twitter right Y'all be on the lookout for him at SMG. So if you see the hashtag SMG, you know what it is. All right, uh, we're we're pretty much like done, you know, good into the overtime session here. So uh, we're gonna be talking about some news that was, you know, going on in the sport. Uh, so we're just gonna get right at it. Um, one of the last questions that we had uh, was about Danny Garcia and seeing if he could. Uh, you know, fight Zab Judah again, which I would have no problem seeing that fight again um, because I'd rather see that fight than the fight that is pretty much going to be on August 1st on the uh, 
premier boxing champions card. It's going to be on ESPN, and they have uh, Danny Garcia here, um, and he'll end up fighting Pauli Malinacci. Uh He just went through negotiations with, uh, I think, Suleiman for the WBC. He had the uh, championship 140, and he just said that he'll give it up instead of fighting Victor Postal with the agreement to fight uh, Matisse uh, future if that was going to happen uh, but now he's going to fight Pauli Malinaji August 1st on um, Premier Boxing Champions and uh, to me all I got to say about that is really bruh I mean really all those guys out there that he could have fought um, like I said Postal Matisse, Zab Judah for a rematch in Brooklyn uh all of that, and then he just ends up fighting Pauli Malinaji at some weight of like 142 or 143 pounds instead of defending the junior welterweight championship. So I'm like, man, are you serious? So what y'all think about that one? Hey, Matt, if you're still on the line, you could uh, speak on it. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is- see, thing is, like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to think of what we're gonna get out of Danny Garcia moving forward because the fight against Patterson bring up questions for me. I don't know. I want to see something, obviously, from the entertainment factor that makes me question that, but then it makes me want to sit and think, what is he gonna bring to the fight? I, I don't know if he's just wanting to go with safe matches to try to build up a resume to maybe look forward to something else more rewarding to him in the future, you know, building building even more resume. Or if he's trying to just kind of cruise with his top five, top seven, you know, in, in the weight class and just cruise through you know, rack up the record and then, you know, go out that way and not really try to take on something, you know, because like like Zab was saying from the business side, what are we going to get out of a rematch? You know, he's probably not going to sign it because he wants to see what Zab's going to bring. Is Zab going to be Zab Judah or is he going to be what we had seen in the the latter part uh, of where he had fought? So, uh, what it's going to be. Zab sounds ready. I mean, I've I've seen articles and videos of his training and stuff. He looks like he's in shape, uh, but I'm hard-pressed to see many boxers that look too far out of shape. I mean, even uh, even Tarver. Even Tarver looked, looked pretty decent in his last fight at cruiserweight. So it, uh, what are we going to get out of that? I, he, he is at heavyweight now. It, was, the last fight was at cruiserweight, was it not? And the guy he's supposed to fight was also a previous cruiserweight champion, but they're fighting a heavyweight. I, I remember reading that, right? So, I mean, with, is, Zab, is Zab the next, next, you know, fight? I don't know. He's probably going to want to see what Zab's going to bring, but Zab is a name that will bring more people to, you know. That's a, that's a guy. Any, any kind of matchup guys in the tri-state area, yeah, you're going to – you're gonna get you're gonna get views, 
I mean, that's how uh, that's how they set that whole thing up uh, with PBS uh, or uh, Pro, uh, Pro Boxing Championship, uh, PBC. Yeah. I mean, people were like, well, what, what do we want to see this for? It's anytime you match two guys up from the tri-state area, you have like three of the top five media markets. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of viewers. So you're looking at the business side of it. How much television revenue you're gonna get out of it from from viewership? Right. Right. So you, right. you, you got to look at it like that. So. But I mean, it, it's it's, uh, it's Philly versus Brooklyn. You know what I mean? It, I mean, you can't. You can't get, you know, any much more than that. I mean, that's no different than when Garcia fought Peterson. That was Philly versus D.C. And you know how good that, that that turned out to be, you know. So I'll see how this fight but I think anything different. The benefit was that I think Zab would press him more. That's the thing. You, you didn't see you didn't see Lamont start pressing until towards the end of the fight. But I think yeah. I think he thought he was winning rounds. When the scorecard, I mean, my card, he wasn't. And on a lot of the judges' cards, he wasn't either. So he was thinking he was winning rounds, and then it was coming too close, and his corner's like, you need to be more active. And then he had to start getting more active, and it was just, I, I don't think, he just ran out of real estate. He didn't have enough runway left, you know? So I, that's really, I think, where he ran out. I mean, he just, he wasn't aggressive enough from the get-go. So I, I I would like to think, seeing Zab fight, seeing you know, uh, you know Zab does a good job. I've seen him fights with whether he sticks to the game plan or not, because that's been his flaw in fights like against Mayweather. Like he had Mayweather, if if the fight would have continued like the first four rounds, and even if he would have fought a couple rounds like he did the rest of the fight, that we wouldn't even talk about Mayweather being undefeated, you know. Zab would have beat him, but he went away from the game plan. So it's it's not about and that's that's just one thing with Zab that we've seen in fights before that he definitely should have won fights, but he diverted away from the game plan for whatever reason. I don't know. So is it will he press? Will he press Garcia and and try to lure him in when he can to to take advantage of counter punching? Like what is the game plan going to be? Because if he's going to sit back like Lamont and try to work in counter punches from the get-go, he's going to lose rounds. But he's going to want to be aggressive at the beginning and get Garcia in a position where he has to start pressing more and then really work his, his skills with the, with the counter punching. You know? I mean, it being being a, a left-handed fighter like he is, you know, he, he has certain advantages fighting against Garcia. But, you know, he has his weakness, as any left-handed fighter has, you know, that lead foot. You get outside that lead foot, the whole body is open. The whole side of your body is open. So is, is that something that he's going to work to protect that a little bit better? Because he's been susceptible to that in fights, too, where people get outside his lead foot. So it's, it's you know, I, I think it would be an interesting fight. I would want to see it. But I don't know if from the business side it's something people want to see right away. But who who is Danny Garcia going to fight? You know, he's not going to fight somebody that's going to be a tremendous risk. You know, I mean, it, it's tough to it's tough to say who he would fight. Uh, that's that's where that's that's the tough part about. It. I don't think he's just going to take any fight. He's going to want to be very picky with who he fights, and I, I think okay. he's going to want to have an edge somehow. 
So this is this is my thing with that right there. And 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 to me, I thought that the Peterson fight should have been a draw. I mean, it all depends on what you like. I mean, if you look at the first five rounds, like I told JB before, if you look at the, if you can find one round to give to give um, Peterson in the first six, if you can find one round to give Danny on the back end, what do you have? I mean, it's all in what the public perspective likes. I mean, to me, Peterson touched him early. He didn't engage. I mean, but but what did Danny do? I don't think Danny did a lot early in that fight either. I mean, but my thing with Danny, okay, I ever since that Matisse fight, and I picked Danny in that fight, Danny, he hasn't looked the same. I mean, since then, he can't go on fighting Paulie's. I mean, w- once you look at how deep the 140 is, I mean, it's other real contenders out there for him to fight. If he want to be in the pound-for-pound rating, He's got to fight somebody. I mean, Paulie's a part-time fighter right now. Paulie's just fighting for money. You know, right. his name That's alone fair. brings him a good payday. You know what I mean? But you, you can't just wait on the Paulie. So who's going to be after him? I mean, so you're going to give up your, your title to fight Paulie? I mean, come on. What are you saying to make more money at? Fighting a rematch with Matisse, you know, or, or fighting Paulie? I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, to me, you know, and I like Danny, nice guy. I met him in Vegas. But it's like you you got to fight somebody. Man, look at that 140 division. I mean, it's loaded. I mean, and, and you're going to fight a part-time fighter. I mean, I don't I don't get that. I mean, because like I say, I would have, if anything, he should have gave Peterson a rematch. It was so close, controversy. It's going to bring good money for both guys. Yep. I mean, they could have yep. taken it straight back to the bar clay. I mean, exactly. so you gonna you gonna go away from from a potential good fight that even if you lose, even if you lose the fight, you don't lose no market value because you lost to a legitimate guy. You can come right back and do it again. That's not again. Right. I, if you did that rematch, it's not even a headliner. It's not the headliner. No, look, it has to be okay, a co-main. And they can, well, listen, I mean, they can they, still put it on PBC. Listen, hey, they can take that yeah, fight. But, Right back to the bar clay and sell it again. You got to look at you got a DC guy and you got a Philly guy. You can go right back to Brooklyn and you can sell that fight again without a problem. I mean, now you're gonna go from fighting Lamont, where where you had a lot of people thought Lamont won, and then you had people thought Danny won. To me, I would have came back and at least fought somebody that was on that caliber. I wouldn't have fought Paulie. I mean, I don't see no value in Paulie. Maybe he I got mean, hurt. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he doesn't Who, think Danny? he's right now at a point. Yeah, maybe Danny's hurt to a point where he doesn't think he could I mean, beat okay, Lamont, he, Lamont in a rematch right away or, or something. Okay. you'll see that guys will get hurt or guys will get tired. Right, they'll, I, take look, a, they'll take a they'll take a fight to take a fight, you know? I understand that. Maybe that's if what he's hurt, doing. If he's hurt, he needs to put himself on the shelf until he get, he get for him to get better. I mean, that's an easy fix. If you hurt, if, if you have got, to give up the belt and no pay. I mean, either either way, he gave the belt up. He gave the belt up. You know, I mean, he didn't get stripped. He vacated. He you know, vacated I mean, so either way. He gave it up, man. Yeah, so, I mean, either way, you know, either way, the, the belt's gone. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get Danny on this. 
Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, I guess that's my point. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, I really don't see which way he goes with this. I don't see, you know, I, it doesn't make sense what he's doing. It doesn't make sense who he would want to. See, that's the thing. I just feel like, I almost feel like he don't want to fight anybody right now. That's what I feel like. That's a feel I get. You know, that's the only thing it can be. I mean. I, he, if, if you listen to Danny, he always say he's going to go to 47. Okay. He's not going to 47. Okay. I, there's plenty of fights for him at 47. 47 got a lot of lines, a lot of lines lined up. And as you see with Terrence Crawford coming to 40 and what 40 already had, it, 40's loaded. I mean, Danny is looking for easy fight because, like I say, Danny, a piece of Danny stayed in Vegas the night of the Matisse fight. He hasn't been the same fighter since that fight. That's boxing. You know, so and yeah. he, if, if, if you look at Danny, he hasn't looked good since that fight, man. His first out He needs a clear his head fight. Right. Everybody thought he lost. You know, so, he needs I a mean, grambling state. That's what he needs. He needs his grambling state to get warmed up again. And get back into the regular season. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I mean, and I want to I touch on one more thing because it was, you know, everybody's talking about, like, it was a question that I think you asked Zab earlier about beta boxing, okay, and, and where everybody feel like boxing is at. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Boxing is in a great place, and I'm going to tell you why it's in a great place. Because you're getting it on free TV. Free TV is going to bring boxing back like it was in the 70s and 80s when you had ABC fights. I, I had an old guy I just spoke to. It ain't been two or three weeks ago. He said he couldn't afford cable, but he's so glad that he gets to see the fight on local TV. So that alone is bringing in viewers that haven't watched boxing since probably the 80s, you know. Right. I mean, you gain in viewers that love the sport, but they couldn't pay for the sport, you know. I mean, boxing is in a great place. I mean, it's even in a better place now with all the public public viewing. As long as we keep having the PVC and things like that, I mean, it's only going to go up because it's introducing the world to this young stable of fighters. I mean, there's a lot of young guys, and there's something in there that you're going to like. You're going to like one of them, and then you're going you're gonna to attach yourself to them, and you're going to follow that guy. That's the best right, thing that exactly. happens to boxing. So, I mean, boxing say, James, is in a great place. I think I figured out this angle, as absurd as it is, that Wilder's people are taking with him because – he had, his only sponsor that I really know of is Everlast, but I don't ever right. see him really on their promotional stuff. He, he should no, be. I, but if you, they're bringing him along, like really slowly, really slowly. Like I, he's probably before you see him fight Klitschko or somebody one of the top three contenders, he's probably going to fight. At least another two more fights. Yeah, of course. probably probably on PBC, and uh, and that's I think that's Al. I think that's Al that's slow playing that 
he has his fights that are being promoted with Golden Boy, but I don't think he's officially signed to Golden Boy. Because Golden Boy yeah. didn't return my phone calls or my emails for for any yeah, sort of interviews or stuff. Yeah, but, he he yeah. took all the communication shit down off his website. He don't respond <laughs> back on social media. Some of it's because of that damn troll. Trying to oh, yeah, idiot. yeah, yeah. The one that showed him on Twitter. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> remember well, that, that. That's the thing is that dude, because people make it sound like, people make it sound like some dude was just trying to mess with him for, for no reason at all. And the video makes it seem like it's some racist dude in the video, in, in the, in the gym, but then if you actually go to the guys, like, I've watched his videos. Like, the dude just mm-hmm. goes around places for, this is what his YouTube channel is. He goes around trying to pick fights with people, starts getting beat oh. up, and he runs away. That's his whole thing. Yeah. That's his whole yeah, thing. That, like, he was, he was, he was calling Dante Wilder's cell phone, talking shit and hanging up. And, like, he has YouTube of it. Yeah, they said that kid got like, no problems, man. They, 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 they say he yeah, got problems. They say they say the kid ain't all there, man. I mean, it seemed like he would get tired yeah. of getting beat up. I mean, every time you turn around, he's on YouTube getting oh. beat up by somebody. Oh, yeah, you and, 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 and you know, you mean the same dude that has those videos where he goes into the neighborhood yeah. and talks, like says something yeah. to him, and then he gets like two piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, but, yeah, so, yeah. So, so. He gets a he gets a two piece and a biscuit to go. That's what happens. But, oh, he well, he walks in, gets that, a two piece and a biscuit, and he leaves. Okay, and, and you're <laughs> right. But but, but 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 what you just said about Al, and I'm gonna tell you my opinion on that. You said Al's bringing Deontay on slow. I mean, I think Al is to other fighters too. I think yes. what Al does, Al Al is trying to get everything he can out of Mayweather because you got to realize Earl is ready right now. Earl Earl's ready for a title shot right now. They're bringing Earl along slow too. But with Deontay, I think it's different just because he already has a strap. I see Deontay fighting Klitschko probably maybe June next year, about midway next year. I mean, I'd be surprised if by June. I don't yeah, think it's twenty seventeen. Well, no, no, it'll be maybe a farewell fight. No, you got to look at Klitschko's age, to... man. No, nah, Klitschko's age. He don't. Yeah. He's on borrowed time. I mean, Klitschko. Yeah, he's on borrowed time. I mean, the, 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 the fight is gonna have to happen next year. It, it can't go beyond. And and my thing with Deontay, I mean, Deontay. If you look at the fight last night, I don't know if he was just. We all know that he has some flaws. I mean, even before, he's a work in progress. But if you look at the fight last night, I don't know if he was just trying too hard for the hometown. You know, sometimes that could be your worst enemy, you know. Well, right? But, I mean, last night, I mean, he looked he looked terrible to me. He got caught with shots. And he should have never got caught with it. And my thing yeah, with that, yeah. you know, you can't risk it fighting other guys in the heavyweight division, you one punch away from yeah. your seat. So, what, the third round he got wobbly? Right, right. Like third, third or fourth? Right now, exactly. So uh, uh, imagine if that would have been uh, somebody else with a little more pop, the fight would have been over. 
So in Dante's defense, he's going to have to cash out. Clisco's going to bring him the most money. If he don't fight Clisco next year, he's one punch from what? Not fighting him at all because he'll get knocked out. Yep. You know, yeah, and if he gets knocked out by a mid grade dude, that, that'll be it. It'll be a wrap for for I mean, well, right. that I mean, soon. I mean, if you look at Clisco, Clisco going to get some of the European money first. They was talking his mandatory, or then or Tyson Fury, either one of them. Then he, if, if after his mandatory, he'll probably pay whoever some step aside money and fight Deontay next year sometime. He's going to have to, because if not, I mean. Chris will be there. I mean, just the way his style, the way he fights, and and he uses his distance so well. But Deontay, he's so reckless. I mean, he could get knocked out yeah. any given night. Well, what I what I understood about last night's fight, and what I was told, is he's been working on his boxing. He's trying to hone his boxing skills, and be more patient, trying to let the fight come yeah. to him. The yeah. problem is, is he's a puncher and not a boxer. So, you know, I understand where, where they're trying to go with him in his training to get him the better skills so he can hold go on. later in fights, you know? Hold on, hold on, but, hold on. I, listen, I don't agree with that, and I'm going to tell you why. Deontay was a bronze medalist in the Olympics. If, he don't, if you didn't learn how to box in amateurs, you're not going to learn how to box as a pro. You learn how to box. Well, it's not that he didn't know how to box. It's just saying that he needs to improve those skills to fight somebody at a higher level because Klitschko will box. Like, you, you you see these guys, like, what, Fury's been doing this for, what, five years, and the guy has 20-some wins, 20, almost 30 wins in five or six years? Right. That's a ridiculous pace. Yeah, so, and the dude's that's... huge. He's almost seven right. foot tall. But, but my thing with Deontay, Deontay, he – he uses his jab well. Deontay's biggest problem to me is he don't he don't use his distance well. Deontay can box, but Deontay don't know how to keep his distance. He crowds himself inside when he needs to be about another half a step back to keep him on the end of his punches. I mean, you don't move your feet unless the guy's moving his feet, right? If the guy stops, you stop. You know, Deontay, as you see, He's in too close a lot of times, so he don't have a lot of pop on his punches. And then he's 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 out of he's out of place. He shouldn't be where he's I mean where he's at, and that's why Deontay gets caught. Like I say, you could even put Deontay in there with any guy that can punch decent, like me and JB was talking about it earlier. I mean that could have been old Shannon Briggs last night, and if Shannon right. would have caught him on the ten. The way old boy did, he'd have been sweet. I don't know if he would knock Briggs out, though. See, because what you're saying, the distance. No, no, no. I'm just saying the punch that he got caught with in the third round, we all know Briggs can punch if he can't do anything else. The fight could have possibly been over. You know, anybody that could punch, you know, he's so reckless, all it takes is one, and the fight will be over. You know, but like I say, he got a good trainer, Mark Breland. He's a great trainer. But like I say, I think the biggest thing with him is his anxiety. He gets so excited that that he, he gets off the script because, I mean, he, he crowds himself way too much, and, and, and he's out of place. 
when he's in. If he's if he's fighting from the outside using his jab, he boxes pretty decent. But it's just when he's coming in for the kill. When he's coming in for the kill, yeah. he, he he's out of position horribly. He was quoted yeah, saying, and, um, I think it was with, uh, Boxing 24, that he didn't want to make it a, it, it, it wasn't, it wouldn't have served the fight purpose if he would have ended it early. He wanted to let it yeah, linger. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. He's yeah. Fully, you know what? Believe me, he was doing everything <laughs> yeah. in the foul to try to get him out there early. <laughs> early. Old boy was just. Hey, he was game. He was a game fighter, and, 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 and he refused to lay down because that's what everybody expected him to do. They thought he was going to come and in and he was a tomato can. That's how those Mexican fighters are, man. You can't just go in there and wreck shop. You know, that's a, see, that's the thing is, you know, I was talking with a guy here in Puerto Rico. He's a trainer here in Puerto Rico. The same guy I was talking with Jeb about. And the problem with the fighters in Puerto Rico, you'll get these guys 16, 17, 18, 20, and 0, but they're fighting this a lower grade of Puerto Rican yeah. boxer where they're, they're not a lot of well trained. They're, they're fit, you know, they're very talented. They're very talented, but they don't have any skill set. You know, they right. don't have they don't have the tech. There's no technique, and then they'll go up against a less talented, better technical bull fighter. Uh, a Mexican fighter has like six losses, and just get their ass whooped. But and that that's part of the problem. So you know, with, with you you see the Mexican fighters. Doesn't matter if it's from California, Nevada, Texas, or Mexico. It, they all kind of have the same kind of thing. They're hard to knock out. You you you, you got to wear them down, and it takes a special kind of patience and boxing and picking the right shots to go in, wear them down, take what you what's given to you. And then move forward when it's time, you know. But yeah, I agree with you. I feel like he was trying to do too much too early. I think he got kind of gassed. But, and he but, got but, caught but, in the third. All right. But I'm going to ask you guys this right here. All right. All right. Now, it's fair to say Deontay, he looks so much better against Devern. I mean, is it because right. he respected him as a fighter? And he knew he couldn't just walk through him. Because if you look at, that's why, you know, I, I give him a bad grade for last night, but I don't give him a bad grade overall because I look at the the Stavern fight. I mean, he fought a little more patiently, I guess because he respected him more, and 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 he wasn't expected to come in, and he probably had a little fear because Stavern can crack. You know, he got decent right. power. I mean, he was the champ. Right. So, I mean, I sort of look at the fight last night, and I give him a bad grade for the night, but I still think he's a, he's, he's a legitimate contender, and I think if he could get over the anxiety and be patient, I think this kid has the athletic ability to cause Crisco problems if he works on his defense and works on his distance and keeps from getting hit. Because, like I say, you was on the side. Clisco's on board time. Right. Exactly. It's going yeah, on board time. I almost, yeah, I think um Yeah, for me I think Wilder is uh yeah, I think he probably just you know, kinda of fought to his competition and 
while right. we stepped up against Severn, they kind of like overlooked Eric Molina here. And by overlooking Eric Molina, his performances, his performance came out not as good as what it should have been. Because my expectation right. was he was supposed to blow out Eric Molina in at least three rounds. I mean, Molina right. is not one of the, he's not, you know, even close to being a top 25 heavyweight. So right. he should be able to, like, take that dude within three rounds. Well, well, but well, by like overlooking him, you know, well, he just let Molina last longer than he should have been. Right, but that that seemed like that was the mind state that Deontay had coming in. Deontay was going to please his fans. He wanted an early knockout. He got something different. But like I say, when you look at the, at the Severn fight, he fought patiently. He fought, he looked good. I mean, he looked good in that fight. I mean, he still had a few technical flaws that you can see, but overall, he looked good. So that's why I say, right. when I look at last night, I mean, I give him a bad grade for the night, but I think this kid right here, Mark Breland, and have him right, and, and, and I think he will be the future of the heavyweight division. You know, the last thing all about. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me ask y'all this. Yeah. I, I would almost rather see Wilder do the rematch of the the Olympic fight against um, uh, Anthony Joshua rather yeah, than seeing him fight this Molina shit. I'd rather you know see what? that yeah. because that that would be a good fight, and that would be a good test for him if he's going to go up against Klitschko or if he goes up against Jennings or Fury because that puts him more in that realm of – of heavyweights where he's going to have to fight or defend against. I don't uh, think the thing Molina, is, Molina. I think that Anthony Joshua. I think Anthony Joshua will have at least one fight within uh, the UK first before he goes up against. Uh, before he goes up against Wilder. I mean, right now he is the, like I said earlier in the show before you got in, he's the number two rated guy in the WBC for the heavyweight ranking. So, uh, you have yeah uh, Povetkin there. At number one, and then Anthony Joshua yeah, there at number two. So you're gonna See, have that, that'd Wilder be fair. Joshua Provekin fight winner of that fights Kuchko. Well, I mean they can do no. that too, but I don't, I don't think, think um, the loser fights Wilder. <laughs> I, you know what? I you know I think um, if you look at Joshua, Joshua and Wilder, that's the future. Ryan Jennings, Wilder beat him right now. He's too long for him. And and it ain't like Brian got that one punch knockout power. Well Brian is to me Brian is he's more he's not even like a legitimate Brian. heavyweight. You know He's a grinder. I mean, but, he he's a right. cruiserweight, light right, heavyweight, right. but he, he grinds right. away. Yeah. Right. But and, he's American. And, That's why I say the only reason right. I bring up Bryant is because he's American because Americans want to see Americans fighting Americans, and that's how you introduce more of the talent to America by putting them against each other. Yeah, right. I go along. With I'm that. just saying from a marketing standpoint. Not even so like I, got, I don't mean I wouldn't even I don't necessarily care. I watch I watch any fight, but it's a fight. I mean that's that's the great thing about boxing. You have two people fighting. Who doesn't stop to watch a goddamn fight? Everybody. Right. Everyone wants to see right. it. Even when you're in a street right. fight, you like. I'm gonna back up because one of these dudes might have a gun, but I'm still gonna watch it. Go watch it. Away. That's right. I'm still gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah. If you go by the school playground, you see two kids fight, you are gonna stop. 
<laughs> yeah. Ooh, that shit. What is that? Hey, did I ever? Hey, uh, did Claudel ever tell you about that time we went to? Uh, we went to what was it? Uh, it was the Cain Velasquez fight, and uh, we watched it over at that Beefo Brady's over off. Shit. Uh, Right over there off uh, Bush, by those oh. apartment, you know where uh, Bush and shit, just off Dale Neighbor and Bush there. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, that far back. Yeah, we come okay, out and two dudes are two dudes are jawing each other. They start going, they miss a whole bunch of fight punches, and the women get in the way, back them up. The women start uh-huh. jawing at each other and yelling at the dudes. Dude went up to the one dude's girlfriend. One hit her quick, dropped her ass, dropped her ass. She was out. Whoa. The other one, Whoa. the other one, went over to his girlfriend. Bop, same thing, knocked her out. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because they were about to go at it, and their friends yelled at them. They never actually fought. They went and picked their broads up, got in their cars, and they left. And I was like, "What the hell just happened here?" You know, I'm I'm confused. They decided not to fight each other, so they knocked each other's girls out, and then they left. Like, this was the most bizarre shit I've ever seen, but I had to watch it. You know, I feel I'm richer for having that experience for whatever strange, absurd reason there is. But, you know, like I said, people watch anything. I don't know if I said I ever told you about that, but people watch fights. Yeah, they they they'll watch it if it's live and everything like that. So that's you know, that's something that it always catches the eye of people is that, you know, if a fight's going on and if it's either if it's like a real big fight in boxing or if it's a fight live that's you know, right down the street from it, you, you pretty much will have that initial interest that you wanna actually see what goes on in that, you know what I'm saying? So that's why boxing is something that'll you know, still be a popular sport, you know, from now until twenty years from now until forty years from now. I'm gonna go into like the last part because we got about like ten minutes left. So um, I, hey, I got I, like one. I wonder what's going on. I want to ask you about Verdejo. I don't know if you saw the fight or not. You don't have to talk on it. I didn't know if you saw it. Nah, nah, I ain't see that Verdejo fight yet. Nah, I haven't seen it yet. I'll see if I can check it out a little bit later on. Hey, but, check it out. Um, check it out. Uh, he's thing that we got, he's up like, and coming and, too. Um, yeah, since we got um, you know, Matt over here that's from Tampa. If we talk about Claude Zelda, other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick that's also part of a really bruh type of thing is uh, Keith Thurman fighting at the Sun Dome against uh, you know Luis Colazo. If you thought if you thought Garcia fight Balladachi was something, I mean. Thurman fighting Colazzo at the Sun Dome is like, come on, really, really, man? Like, you're you're a champion in the welterweight division. You're one of the top five people in your weight class. And you go through a tough fight against Robert the Ghost Guerrero. And people really like that fight. Um, You know, the effort that came out of Guerrero and the things that Thurman did. And now you want to turn around and, you know, fight... Luis Colazo in Tampa. I know it's, you know, your local area and everything, but uh, it's time for you to prove that you are the best in your division. And to do that, you don't fight guys like Luis Colazo. So 
for that. I'm like, really, bro? But you know what, JB? I go along with everything that you're saying. And and, and, and and I say this about him and about Garcia. If they would have fought another tough fight, I would give them a fight like that. But you fought Robert the Ghost, right? And first guy to ever put Ghost on the canvas. He looked good. I mean, you got to come back with somebody tougher than Colazzo. I mean, Colazzo is nothing. You know, now, if he had came back with somebody legitimate, I mean, because look at Adrian. Adrian fought good opposition. He's coming back fighting tougher opposition. I mean, you got to at least match that. You know, that's what I expect out of you. I mean, if 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 you are... And it's Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. I was just saying, man, what in the world you got going on? Look, I mean, yeah. that's at least what, I would, what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see you come back with another opposition like you had before. Because, like I say, if you look at Adrian, if, if Adrian win, lose, or draw, right, against Porter, Adrian's looking like he's putting himself in line to be the next king, you know, because, I mean, look at his resume. He ain't taking easy fights, you know. He, he's fighting tough Opposition, and, right. and, and well, I can. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I can actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna defend him on that. But finish your thought, though. You know, I mean, because I'm just saying. I mean, you hollering for Mayweather. You want to be the next one to fight Mayweather. You want to be the next one to fight this one and that one. Man, fight, fight. Okay, why he didn't fight Kell Brook? I mean, fight Kell. I mean, somebody's got to try kill somebody that's, you know, you're a young line. I mean, you, you say you can crack, but one thing I say, and I say it every week, they don't want to fight a guy like Kale, a guy that's elusive. He can box and he can move. He makes you reset. If you look at Keith Thurman, everybody he faced, they stay right in front of him. The one guy that he fought, the uh, the – Guy that was from Italy or whatever, yes. that that moved yeah. a little bit. He don't look good, and that guy wasn't nothing. I mean, it ain't like he was. He didn't, a he didn't look good, right? I mean, yes. Like I said, everybody, everybody he fights stand right in front of him where he can. His matchmaker knows what he's doing with him. Hey, they trying to build a yeah, fan yeah. base. They trying to make him excited. Yeah. They know. They know his flaws. That's one thing about a matchmaker. They know what you do good against. They know what you do poorly against. And as soon as he fights somebody that's elusive and slick, he will be exposed. He will be exposed. Right. Only he want Mayweather because a Brinks truck come with it. Everybody wants yeah. a Brinks truck. But, but they know he's not going to do well with a guy that's an elusive fighter. Long as you, long as they stand right in front of him, mean, he can crack. We all know that, but see, I don't want to see him fight Colazzo. I and I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't really want to see that fight either. But just for what you mentioned before, I I don't think it's a bad move right now. He's still early enough in his career. He can take like a fight like this, but he needs to get that Tampa Bay area. That's the number 16 market in the country, and they don't very much know who the fuck he is. Let me straight with you. You know, I work for the – Right. I, I, I was 
I was with ESPN, the affiliate there. They don't ever talk about boxing. Even when they did, they were force-fed Mayweather and Pacquiao, and it was grueling to listen to. You know, the guys there, they do a great job of programming and stuff, but they don't bring these. I mean, when you have when you have guys like Tarver that live in the area, you have guys. You got one time lives in the area. You have Jeff Lacey. He lives in the area. How's Rock Riley? How's Rock Riley's old ass get him to come on and talk about this stuff? He's getting Chris Bird to come on and talk about stuff. But you can't. It, it, you're leading. You're you're the ESPN affiliate. How aren't you getting these boxers to come in, dude? You you talk about you. They bring they bring this nasty this dude. I can't remember the guy's name. He. He's a NASCAR driver. He's from the St. Pete area, and every year, every the two races they have at Daytona, he comes in for a 15-minute segment every single year to talk about auto racing. And I'm like, I don't get it. You got you got a guy that lives probably 15 minutes from your studio. You can't get Thurman to come in. Like, so, um, then then Winky Wright fight. Fight a few times down there locally, yeah, and it did right. pretty well. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and Winky right too. Like, yeah. How would you call him Winky? Call him Winky. I mean, I, 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 I thought Winky. I thought Winky. James just had. We times. just had. And, and, and Zab Judah. Too. Zab Judah, a, a multi-divisional champion. We had him on the show tonight. You know, I mean. You tell me you, they couldn't get that dude on the ESPN affiliate? You, okay, are you what serious? About, yeah, what about Birdo, bro? I mean, well, he could have fought Birdo. Both of them as local guys. That would be big. I see. You know, not, it's not even about it's not even about local guys. They're not, they're not looking for local guys. He's looking to fight locally. The problem is, is not necessarily the matchup. It's who the fuck wants to go to Tampa to box. And to right. the Sun okay. Dome. It's not even like it's the Am. It's not the Amley. You know. Or, the yeah, funny thing yeah. is, China, China, the Dragon White, China right, Dragon White fought last year, a year and a half ago. Or China Dragon Smith. I keep calling him White. I don't know why. Where did White come from? I keep saying that. Yeah. And he's a black dude. I don't even. It doesn't even make any fucking sense. Anyways, yeah. China <laughs> Dragon Smith fought, <laughs> fought there a year and a half ago to 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 win a belt back. And people went, you know. I mean, right. it was at least as much as a raise game. 